0: Thanks for tuning in to Leesburg Daily, a Monday through Friday podcast where we dive into scripture, study it together, and apply it to our lives. Today we pick up in a really neat passage, John chapter 15. Uh, John chapter 15, which begins the second part of what is called Jesus' farewell discourse or his uh, farewell speech to his disciples, his farewell teaching to his disciples. Uh, it, It happens, and I tend to believe that this happens on route to the the garden um uh whereas later on we'll see another transitional statement i believe that is leaving jerusalem to the mount of olives and so i i find this to be a transitional because jesus had said in chapter 14 verse 31 um the times now uh get up let us go from here and then he Continues to teach, and I believe that teaching um, is very possibly on the way. And one of the reasons for that uh, could be the fact that Jesus will dive into uh, a metaphor of the vine and the vine dresser. the The vine and the vine dresser. This is a very prominent uh, uh, picture image in Jerusalem for many reasons. One, uh, vines were a, a, a common thing in. In Jerusalem, uh, many people kept vines not only for uh, uh, for their their produce, the, the 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 grapes that come from them, uh, but also for decoration. And so, uh, this would have been a very readily available uh, image. Uh, also, as they walk through Jerusalem, of course, the focal point of Jerusalem would have been the temple. And at the time of Jesus, there was a great golden vine that hung over the entrance to the Jerusalem temple. Josephus, who was a Jewish historian, uh, in the first century, uh, in his book, the Jewish war, where he documents that he, he talks about the entrance to the temple. Uh, and he says that the, it was completely overlaid with gold, uh, and the whole wall around it, uh, ab- above it, there were golden vines. He says, uh, with, with, g- uh, grape clusters, as tall as 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 a human being as a man and so this is a huge um, uh, image that would have been very available to jesus as he starts talking the other part of the imagery that we should be aware of with the vine and the vineyard is the fact that uh, throughout the old testament israel is depicted time and time again as the vine they are often the vine and probably the most important passage Uh, concerning the vine is isaiah chapter 5 verses 1 through 8 and israel is represented as a as a vineyard that's planted by the lord and and from that vineyard he expects good grapes but instead he only receives bad grapes and therefore the vine uh, the vineyard had to be destroyed the key verse is isaiah chapter 5 verse 7 i'd like to read that for you this morning this is the the vineyard of the Lord almighty is the house of Israel and the men of Judah are the golden of his delight and he looked for justice but he saw bloodshed for righteousness but heard cries of distress this is the the imagery that this next section is going to be painted against or, or paired against it's the imagery of of the people of God, the, the image of the people of God, um, and what God expects from his people. Let's just dive in in chapter 15, verse 1, and we'll kind of walk through. Uh, um. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the bind- vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, I want to pause here. I think this is often interpreted in in a bad way. I think there's a better way for this to be interpreted. I want to notice one thing. First, Jesus is the vine and the father is the vine dresser. He's the one that tends to the vine. And he says that we then are the branches of the vine. And he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, is the terminology that's translated in the NASB. Uh, That phrase, he takes away, could also be interpreted or translated as lifts up. Now, that vastly changes the meaning of this text. To take away implies removal, but to lift up as a vine would be lifted up during the first pruning as it's trained to go the way it's uh, it should go. To be lifted up is not to be removed from. and And notice that this branch that is, quote, taken away is a branch that is in him. Boy, that could change everything, couldn't it? Every branch me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. That changes the whole meaning of what precedes it. And every branch that, that, that bears fruit, he prunes it so it may bear more fruit. I mean, it should recall us of the of the uh, voice of Jesus in John chapter 10, and he says, my sheep hear my voice, they know my name, they listen to my voice, and nothing can snatch them from my hand. And so often we're worried about the, the presence of fruit where we need to be concerned with, with what Jesus says here. He says, abiding in me. Look in verse 3, he says, you're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Clean, you're already pruned to a degree because of what I have spoken to you, my words. So often we, we focus on the fruit where we forget about abiding in the words. But Jesus continues here and he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself and this it abides in the vine so neither can you unless you abide in me so the key here is not the fruit bearing the fruit is a byproduct of a healthy branch Jesus tells us to abide stay in me and I'll take care of the fruit don't focus on the fruit focus on the abiding he continues in verse 5 I am the vine and you are the branches he who abides in me And I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, that's the key. Again, Jesus has told us, but we have just never really paid attention. We cannot produce fruit. There's no fruit that we are capable of producing. All we can do is abide. And as we abide in him, fruit is produced. That's the key. But so often we, we... we, we uh, gauge our Christianity Our relationship with Jesus Based on the fruit that we're able to produce When well, we focus on the fruit Instead of the abiding And Jesus is saying you're doing it wrong Because if you focus on the fruit Look what happens If anyone who does not in verse 6 If anyone who does not abide in me Then he's thrown away as a branch And it dries up And they are gathered, and they cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If you want to focus on the fruit, you're not going to abide in Jesus. And that's when there will be a removal, a casting out for the fire to be burned. But if you abide in me, in verse 7, Jesus says, and my words abide in you. Here we go. If you focus on my word living in your life, staying in my word, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Again, as we talked about, I believe it was yesterday. What type of prayers is guaranteed to be answered? The prayer that aligns with the will of the Father. My Father, he says, is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Well, yes, absolutely, the Father is glorified by that, by the fruit bearing that is That is the product, but it's the product of abiding. It's not the product of what we do other than abiding in him. And as we abide in him, then we are guided. We are led in the fruit bearing process. Just in verse nine, just as my father has loved me, I have loved you. And so abide in my love, not just abide in my word, but abide in my love. Well, how do I abide in your love, Jesus? He answers it for us. Verse 10, for if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So how do I stay in your love, Jesus? By keeping my commandments, he says. Verse 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you so that you may have joy, and my joy may be in you, that your joy may be full. And this is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Again, we see this commandment is, is not love your neighbor as yourself. This commandment is love your neighbor as Jesus has loved you. That ups the ante quite a bit. And he says, to, to elaborate on that love, he says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves. For the slave does not know what the master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask from the father in my name, he may give to you this I command you that you may love one another. This is the whole uh, crux of Christianity, really. Abiding in Jesus, abiding in his love. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Well, we wonder why pastors have moral failures and fall. It's because they fail to abide. But that's not big on pastors. Why do other Christians fall? Because they fail to abide. See, why do we all... Fail and fall it's because we fail to abide. We fail to we fail to prove our love. And how do we prove our love? It's not by uh, going on mission trips. It's not by uh, working in the ministry. It's not by uh, doing community service. And no, no we, we prove our love by this: by keeping Jesus's commands. So I'm reminded of the challenge that Jesus will later give to Peter it's almost as if I can hear it in my head this morning John do you love me and my heart says Lord you know I love you and so Jesus says well John using the vernacular from John 15 Jesus says well John keep my commandments I hear the voice John do you love me And my heart hurts and I say, Lord, you you know that I love you. And Jesus says again, John, keep my commands. The question for all of us today is, is do we truly love him? And if we truly love Jesus, we will keep his commands. We will abide in his love because we keep his commandments and those commandments are not just living obediently but also loving obediently. Jesus says this is the command I give to you love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. John, do you really love me and keep my commands? That's where we'll pause for today and we'll pick up tomorrow in verse uh, 18 but that's a great challenge for today where is your focus is your focus on the fruit or is your focus on the abiding in the word and the commandments of jesus if your focus is on the fruit you're focused on the wrong thing here's the thing fruit can often look good but taste bad and so the challenge for us today is not focus on the fruit, but focus on the abiding. And by focusing on the abiding, we can guarantee the health of the fruit. That's where it is. That's that's where we end it. Uh, thanks so much for listening. You know, I preached a sermon on John chapter 15 not too long ago. I might see if I can link that in the description below. But of course, you can always find that on our uh, uh, website, theseberg.com. Dot CC. Now, thanks for tuning in to Leesburg Daily. Join us again tomorrow as we dive into Scripture. Thank you for listening to Leesburg Daily.